As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. everyone welcome to too scary didn't watch the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves i'm emily and i am too scared to watch scary movies i'm henley and i'm also usually too scared to watch scary movies (laughs) i'm sammy and i like watching scary movies and i usually watch them so that you don't have to but i've just been dropping the ball lately no these two (laughs) have been picking up the slack yeah she's such a slacker this this samantha smart always slacking on her duties no she is hard at work on yet another docu-series that we are so freaking excited to see when it comes out. We're proud as hell. Yeah, we're proud as hell. It's exciting, but it's a lot of work and it's all I've been doing. So it's what I wanted to talk about in our What's Up check-in. <gasps> well, guess what, Sammy? It's time. What's up? <laughs> um, I just have been working so much. And I feel like a lot of like network or like once you get to a certain tier of editor and I guess I'm there. <laughs> I think you are. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, just my last job and this job have been like for big companies. But I feel like in general, these kinds of jobs are just such a grind. And mm-hmm. I have only been able to watch one episode of television per night. And for me... Who oh, usually my watches three or four. This has been a huge change. <laughs> and wow. uh, another huge change is that I have had one alcoholic beverage in 10 days because I'm just too yeah. tired to drink. I like once I'm done with work, I'm like eating and and watching my one episode of television one show. <laughs> and going straight to bed. What TV what TV show have you been watching? What is getting so lucky? Well, you know, they haven't been fun ones, I'll tell you that. It's been Mayor of, Mayor of Easttown <laughs> oh, and yeah. The Handmaid's Tale, which are just... Oh, my oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, really unwinding after, after a long day of work with The Handmaid's oh, no. Tale. And let me tell you guys, The Handmaid's Tale has not become a more feel-good show. <laughs> oh, what God. the hell? I, I had to stop. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I, lo- I love the book. I, lo- I really liked the first season, even though it was also really hard to watch. I love Elizabeth Moss. I think she's so incredible. And I watched the first episode of season two and was like, and I will not be continuing. No, I'm, thank you. I almost like admire their commitment to making like the most unpleasant content. Like just like <laughs> it's just every episode is so sad and like almost an equivalent of torture porn. I feel like that it's like we should <laughs> have yeah. that con- like it's like what is the purpose of this is what I ask myself sometimes while I'm watching it. It's like, is it just to make me feel bad and to make yeah uh, women look powerless at the hands of men? I mean, it's that's a true thing, but it's like, do we need four seasons of that? Do we need it over oof, and over oof, and over? Oof, oof, oof. <laughs> I really yeah. think that there is an argument for no, we do not <laughs> I need that. I think there's a huge <laughs> argument for no. Yeah, I think that there's, a, there's a point to be made of no. Uh, and there, there's so much gratuitous, like, content on TV generally. 
Um, and there's an article in Vulture, I think, this week about how like Game of Thrones really capitalized on rape culture. And it's something that has like permeated a lot of a lot of what we consume and how it's like, should we just keep doing this or right. maybe we should stop? Right. I mean, yeah, that's a whole yeah. this this topic I've thought about a lot and it hurts my brain because so much of it is embedded in like our like the way we grew up and like the way we view things mm -hmm. and the way w things were taught, like from the second you start ingesting media, like there's just all these subliminal messages. And so and actually it kind of applies to horror of like this, this mm -hmm. towing this line of having like a final girl be empowered. And it's like what's empowering and what's just like watching a woman get tortured. The worst and things yeah oh god yeah that does hurt to think about it, it really because there's no clear line necessarily yeah and there's no no matter how analytically you try to approach it there's no way to extract your lived history mm -hmm. it's like how do you where do you like my thoughts can't ever be fully objective mm -hmm. how can i oh. yeah feminism and horror is a very interesting topic because yeah, I have lots of I have lots of feelings about that that I am not smart enough to articulate into a sentence right now. But I I do feel like I do feel like we are such casual consumers of it though. The fact that like there's Law and Order SVU and that's something that I would put on in the background while I fold laundry and it's literally just show after show of women getting brutally raped in different ways and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, that's a good background calming <laughs> show while I do my laundry." <laughs> Like, what is that? That's fucked up. That's that's yeah. not that doesn't does not have to be normal. It's it's uh, you not know? good. This is also why I this is like such a big topic that I feel like we could talk about for so long. So I'm sorry that <laughs> I just keep saying more things. But it's why I hated the new Blade Runner so much, too, is because there was such mm. it treated its female characters so badly. And it was done in a way that they got away with by saying like it's a warning of what would happen in a world where we continue treating women badly and i'm like well if you're just showing that by showing women being treated badly isn't that continuing the, same the world yeah. of that it made me really mm -hmm. mad <laughs> same with handmaid's tale right right yeah, I, I it's been a, I read the book in high school and then I watched the first season, but I feel like the book ends on this note of like may, maybe and then maybe she makes it out. And I remember thinking in the show being like, oh, my God, they're going to do a second season. Like it's not just one season. What's going to happen? And there's like and but she doesn't. And and nope, it's it gets worse. Let's let keep me tell going. you, Emily, like, that happens. Fuck. That happens four times total. She gets no. out. She gets out. She gets back in. She gets out. I can't do it. No. No, there's no part of me that wants to no, watch that. I can't do it. I can't <laughs> there's do no it. There's no part of me. No, thank you. Oh boy. No, boy. Oh boy, oh boy. Um Emily, uh, what about you? How was your week? Well, I, today I did the craziest thing I've done in 16 months, and that is I had therapy in person. Wow. <gasps> Whoa. Did huge. it feel did it feel so good? It felt so good. <laughs> I'm like riding high from it. Um Wow. Uh, because yeah, so I mean I I am I am fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Um we haven't really talked about that much on the podcast because you know it's like it's complicated. Uh, not getting vaccinated. That's not complicated. Everyone should do it. I don't want anybody. No, everyone should get vaccinated. Sorry. This is my podcast. I can say that. You can. You should. I very much believe in the vaccines. I just mean like people's timings and whatever. Anyway, but 
Um, so my therapist had sent out an email saying, if you like when you're two weeks past your your second dose um, or, or Johnson Johnson, just the one and you sign this waiver, if you would like, you can come to therapy in person and and we, we can sit in my office and I'm vaccinated and we can not wear masks and we can do we can do therapy. Oh, and I said, sign wow. me the fuck up. And let me tell you what. After 16 months of Zoom therapy, man, it was so good. (laughs) So good (laughs) to be back on that couch, back in that room, looking in her actual eyes. I mean, wow. It was like the coolest thing that's ever happened. Oh, no. Now I have no excuse not to go to therapy anymore. I feel like I've been using (laughs) Zoom therapy. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Not, but, uh, not every, you know, not every therapist is doing it yet. I don't think, and and a lot of like I have friends whose therapists have like relocated, and so mm-hmm. you know, there's all all sorts of stuff. But let me tell you, if you if listeners, if your therapist offers you the opportunity to go back in person and and it feels safe to do so, it's like. What what is even what's even talking online? That's like what are we even doing? Wow, it was yeah. really great. It's so great. I'm so happy. Uh, <laughs> so that was huge. That's that was huge. huge for me. Yeah. That is um, huge. That is yeah, that that's cool. that's a good reminder that I should probably find a therapist too. Ugh. I love my therapist so much, and I wish I could be her friend. But I also know if I were, then she couldn't be my therapist. So do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll keep it as it is. Also, as if I have the choice. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. We're friends now. Um, <laughs> but man, she's great, and she's gotten me through just the darkest days and and the brightest days like today. So <laughs> really, really, really highly recommend. Mm. I've had I've had therapists who I felt like were more my peers and I felt like I wanted to be friends with them. And I almost feel like that wasn't good for me. Oh, it's the best for me. Yeah. I want like an elderly woman. I need a mom me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's how I feel, too. (laughs) Like a grandmother. Yeah, a grandma. A grandma is really ideal. Yeah, I want okay. a wi- a wizened older woman to guide me through life. My thing is that I need them to have more life experience than me. I feel like if they're my age, mm-hmm. I don't trust that they know anything more than I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think maybe that's maybe that's where I'm coming from too. I think for me it becomes like I'm trying to get them to be my friend too hard. Mm. You know what I mean? And like that's not productive for me personally. Yeah, it definitely took me a little I think this would be me in general though. It takes me a little while to be like, all right, I'm gonna stop bullshitting you now and like here's what's up. Takes a minute. Gotta um, ease into that. You gotta you gotta ease into that. But I don't I don't trust the elderly, so. Um, mm. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know what it is about wanting like a. I, I, I don't know. I, I just. I, I think we can like relate, or you know, I can be like, you know, how this, and she's like, yeah. And, I think uh, everyone wants something different. Like some yeah. people, you know, I I've known people who want men specifically to be their mm-hmm. therapist. They don't mm-hmm. want a woman to be their therapist. I would not. That's just that's what I will say. I don't me. trust men. I don't <laughs> yeah, trust men. Like, I, I will not. I will I not tell that. my problems to a man. I, never, <laughs> ever, ever. I literally can't imagine ever having a, a male therapist. I can't imagine sitting in a room with one man. I had a male psychiatrist once and Oof. that's it just to prescribe me some anti-anxiety yeah, just for medication. those meds yeah. just for those meds no 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 
Oh my God. And what's up with you? Um, honestly, truly nothing. I have, (laughs) I have like so aggressively nothing to talk about. Mayor of Easttown. I watched that. Wow. It's sad. It made me feel sad on the (laughs) inside. Is it based on a true story? Should I know this? No, No. it's just really sad. No, it's just really sad. It's just so well written. It puts you in the world in such a perfect way. And Kate Winslet fucking knocks it out of the park. She's like top notch, best actress in the world. Mayor of Easttown just s- solidifies that. <laughs> top notch, best actress in the world. <laughs> Truly, is. she's incredible. She, she's, she's incredible. Um, they also do something which I think is really smart in the first episode, where it's a crime, you know, mystery. It takes place in a small town in Philadelphia or outside of yeah, Philadelphia, um, and. I feel like the, they always create these shows and the victim, you never actually know who they are or that you like don't really care about them. Mm-hmm. And it's they, more about the people on the other side of it. Yeah. And they dedicate the whole first episode to like really fleshing out the, the woman who ultimately is murdered at the end of the first Aww. episode. And like you become, at least I became emotionally attached to her like pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So it was more devastating when it ends up her being the one who's, who's the victim. Um, and sorry if that was a spoiler, but it does happen in the first episode. So I feel like that's okay. <laughs> um, but I'm just so impressed with the writing. I'm so impressed with how he like drops you into the world so easily. And like the relationships are very real and they talk to each other like they're real people. And like the crosstalk that happens amongst the families is very real. And like, I just am enjoying it so much. It's very good. It's very sad. Evan Peters is very good at playing drunk. (laughs) So good with that like Philadelphia accent or whatever the hell. I was really impressed. He was such a good drunk. Wow. A lo- there's a lot of drinking that's happening in um <laughs> in this series so far. They're drinking a lot of like rolling rock. Rolling rocks. rock is her, her uh, go-to. Okay. I was about to say, Sam, how are you watching it then without drinking? But it's because I'm never going to see I'm someone not. drinking a rolling rock and being like, ah, time for me to have one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not tempting. Not tempting. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I have nothing. I have nothing to say. But you did did. something this week. You did. I did watch the movie this week, you guys. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Oh, can you believe it? I took one for the team, Mm. watched a horror movie. Was really, was really hesitant about it. Was like, I don't know if I can do this. But I watched it during the day and I picked, I know what you did last summer, and I got to tell you, it is way less scary than when I saw it in third grade. Uh, Interesting. Okay. (laughs) Definitely not as scary. So I was able to handle it. Great. Um, So should we get into it? I think that we should. Okay. So the movie this week is I Know What You Did Last Summer. It came out in 1997. You can stream it on HBO Max currently. It was directed by Jim Gillespie and written by Kevin Williamson, and it's based off a novel by Lois Duncan. It stars, honestly, all of my favorite people. Uh, (laughs) Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Felipe, Freddie Prince Jr., like the cast, can't get better than this. Incredible. <laughs> it also has Bridget Wilson Sampras, Anne Hesh, and Johnny Galecki in it. Wow, is that where they met? Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Geller? Yes. <gasps> wow. <laughs> I know. Isn't uh, that great? Wow. Also, I believe there is an Amazon show coming based oh. on this. Okay, wait. Also, I didn't. When you said Kevin Williamson, I was like, I'm pretty sure 
he wrote Scream, and he did. He, I did yeah, not he realize wrote that this is the same writer as all the Scream movies, or at least that's yeah, that's so. part of my that's part of my trivia, Sorry. which is that. <laughs> how the fuck dare you um um, he wrote he wrote i know what you did last summer first and sent it out and a bunch of and people were like no we don't want to make this and then he wrote scream and they made that and it was a huge hit and so then they let him make i know what you did last summer right afterwards got it wow yes it is that it is coming to prime Ooh. Also, I'm going to apologize in advance because I'm eight months pregnant and my the baby inside of me is like crushing my lungs. And so I'm going to sound out of breath like the whole time I'm doing this. Take as many breaths as you need, Henley. (laughs) So I'm like. (sighs) Talking a lot is hard. It's really hard and I'm not even pregnant. (laughs) Um, You guys both do it so well and I will try to live up to the example you have set. Wow. If you're pregnant like Henley or just really, really tired like me, then this segment might not be for you, but for everybody else, it is cocktail hour and this week we are drinking The Last Summer Fizz. To make the last summer fizz, you will need a half an ounce of gin, three quarters an ounce of lime juice, a half an ounce of green chartreuse, a quarter ounce of lime cordial, one egg white, seltzer, and mint sprigs. You'll combine the first five ingredients in a cocktail shaker without ice and dry shake, then add ice and shake it again. Then you fill a Collins glass with fresh ice and pour in the cocktail, top with the seltzer, and garnish with the mint sprig. Cheers. I have some more trivia for us. Mm-hmm. Um, the budget was $17 million and it grossed $125 million wow. worldwide. It remained number one at the U.S. box office for three consecutive weeks. Um, the coastal scenes are all shot in Sonoma County, California, but the rest is in North Carolina. And then, yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. met on this film. I mean, that's the best trivia of all. That's the best fucking trivia. Um, a couple other things. So it's based off this novel that was uh, written by Lois Duncan. She vehemently opposed her book being reworked into a slasher film because her youngest daughter was murdered <gasps> by an unknown assailant in 1989. Whoa. I know. Oh my god. After she wrote the book? I don't know when the book was written. I think, yeah, I think the book was written in like the 70s. So. Whoa. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, sorry about your kid. No, we don't care. <laughs> like, how does, how do you do, how do you do that? I guess that's what happened. I don't know. I don't know. Oh but yeah. Wow. Um, She like, yeah, she never came around either. She was like, this is fucked up the whole time. No, but- yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> But the thing that's funny, kind of funny about it is that her original book is basically the same as the movie. It's just that no one actually dies in it. Uh, So like they're very similar, but and nonetheless, it still probably should have respected the wishes of this woman. But yeah, didn't happen. Well, all right. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. I hope she made some of that 125 million. Yeah, that's the better question. I don't know if she did or not. Um, this film is included on Roger Ebert's most hated list. <laughs> Great. <laughs> We've done a few of those. Done some of those. 
Um, okay, Sammy, this one's for you because you specifically asked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited. So Jennifer, yeah, I'm very excited. To, so Jennifer Love Hewitt has said one time in an interview <laughs> that this the most infamous scene from this movie is the part where she like goes out into the middle of the street and screams like, where are you? Come and get us. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that scene was, in fact, according to Jennifer Love Hewitt, directed by a kid, quote unquote, who won a contest, quote unquote, to be on set that day. <laughs> um, the way Hewitt tells it, this kid just thought it would be interesting to have her character start screaming in the street. And the cast and crew decided just to humor him. And then they realized that it was amazing. Um <laughs> Hewitt says she doesn't know whatever happened to this kid and more details about this contest are non-existent on the internet. So <laughs> this is a fun like urban legend about this that we just wow. won't be able to confirm or deny. What I would love is if like in watching that one scene just looks like completely different from the rest of the movie. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we let a kid direct it and he made choices. Wait, it actually does look completely different than the rest of the really? movie. Really? Really? Yeah, because it's like a um, what's it called? Not, shot? not a drone. It's like a crane shot. Mm-hmm. I'm, but the thing is, it's like they let a kid do a crane shot. That seems crazy to me. That's expensive. How does the kid know what consuming. a crane shot is? The kid comes yeah. in and he's like, "I gotta get a crane <laughs> shot." Okay, here are my notes. Uh, I've storyboarded it. Uh, I need a crane shot. Uh, yeah. So it's like an aerial view of her, you know, in the street, like screaming, like spinning around, and they're no, they're, they're really like no other shots like that oh, really listeners if anyone has any insider info on the filming of this scene the age please of, if you're that kid age if you're <laughs> that kid yes 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 now an adult please let us know please let us know i know did you get some of that 125 million the reach of this podcast is so large i'm sure we will get tons we're of definitely answers gonna to, get to that person we are speaking to him <laughs> we're gonna get him right now um and that's it for trivia should we watch the trailer yeah Yes. So the boy and girl are making out, right? When they hear over the radio that this lunatic killer's escaped from an insane asylum. That's not the way it goes. The boy goes for help and the girl stays in the car and she hears this, like, scratching sound. No, he's been decapitated. No, he was gutted with a hook. I think he's dead. We can't just leave him here. Oh, tell me, little Miss Prelaw, what's the charge for manslaughter? We make a pact. Right here and now we take the Sar grave. For the last year, four friends have kept a secret. Are you on drugs? No. Well, then what is wrong? I've had a rough year. But not all secrets stay buried. Somebody sent this to me. Oh, my God. Someone knows. I know what you did last summer. Ooh. What they thought would be a new beginning. Toast to us. Is becoming a dead end. Somebody tried to kill you last night. We have to go to the police. If you wanted me dead, he could have done it. And the mistake they made. It was an accident. There was no accident. It was murder. What if he's still alive? Hey! What are you doing here? Is coming back to haunt them. Oh, my God. He's after me, too. I got a letter. I got run over. Helen gets her hair chopped off. Ah! Julie gets a body in a truck and you get a letter? That's balanced. She's waiting for us to unravel. The wait is over. What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? 
trailer my god when those graphics came in the sound effects on those graphics that was all over the place oh my god what a crazy trailer is the movie like that no have you never seen it sammy i have but it's been forever i don't really remember much of it is it good because honestly after that trailer i'm like i want to fucking watch this it looks fun it was fun it was really fun it's definitely in the vibe of scream but honestly less scary than scream yeah like not as scary as scream so 1997 every also oh my god i love i love when a movie decides to the like transition for between like they were doing well and now they're not like Jennifer Love Hewitt like this summer the the first summer has these like luscious curls and then she has like the scraggliest fucking bangs <laughs> I've ever seen like just dry spaghetti on her forehead. Yep, yep. It's been a tough year. She's not doing well. Look at her bangs. <laughs> Are you doing drugs? And her like concerned mom who's in like literally just one scene in the oh entire God. movie. <laughs> Wow, I, absent parents. I can't wait. Absent parents is a big one. I feel like especially in the nineties, mm-hmm. like and not even just horror movies. Every parent in the nineties was like, "Anyway, I'm off for the weekend." See, ya. <laughs> yeah, no. There's a part where Sarah Michelle Geller and her sister like they run a family store, I guess, but it's like just them running it. Like, where are their parents? I don't know. <laughs> also, kind of fun that it seems like. Sarah Michelle Gellar's character and Freddie Prince Jr.'s character are two different couples. They're not coupled together. That was actually a trivia that I didn't mention, which is that throughout the whole film, they only actually talk to each other twice, even though they're in a bunch of scenes together, but they never actually like address each oh, other. Oh, they don't have like a lot of, lot of lines to each other. They probably talked no. more while they, they were filming. <laughs> off, off camera, they probably talked more. <laughs> they um, definitely talked more off filming. I bet they talked more. I bet they did not. Wow, they all look so beautiful and so 90s. They're so young and beautiful and hot. It's unbelievable. They're so cute. They're like such little 90s babes. Yeah. They're so, yeah, they're so great. And the outfits are so fun. The brown lipstick. Yes. It's like really, really, really shiny eyeshadow, like really like very shimmery light Mm -hmm. eyeshadow. Wow. I'm excited. Let's freaking hear about it. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. 
By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary, code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, so (laughs) we open on with a rock cover of Summer Breeze, that song playing in the background. So already, you know, it's like fun. We're having a good uh-huh. time. Mm-hmm. Um, we see waves crashing on a beach. It's like 1997. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. things are good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we zoom in on a young man and he's holding some kind of charm necklace. He's sitting on a cliff drinking, looking pretty upset. And then fireworks start and we transition into um over to the next town near where this guy was sitting it's a small seaside town lots of fishing boats that kind of vibe it's the fourth of july there's a parade and there a big festival lots of crowds lots of people hanging out still like this really fun cover of summer breeze playing in the background Um, and they're celebrating the Croker Queen Festival. Oh, the Croker Queen. (laughs) The Croker Croker Queen. Queen, I know it well. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh. I don't really know why this is a thing because the name of the town is Southport, North Carolina. I don't know who the Croker, whatever, whatever. That's the name of the festival. Croker Queen Festival. Um, and then we go into a little auditorium that's jam packed that has like a little stage on it. And it's all these women who are lined up um, with their bathing suits on and their high heels on, hair all done up. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Michelle Geller is front and center. Oh, baby. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, looking extremely confident, having the time of her goddamn life. Mm-hmm. She is owning the stage. Everyone she loves is her. The queen. <laughs> <laughs> she she embodies the spirit of the when Croker Queen. When I think queen. Croker Queen, I think of her. I picture yeah, her face. As you should. Um, and then her friends, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Freddie Prince Jr., and Ryan Felipe, who I guess, okay, so their names are, so Jennifer Love Hewitt is Julie, Sarah Michelle Gellar's Helen, Ryan Felipe's Barry, and Freddie Prince Jr. is Ray. Barry. Barry. I know. It's kind of funny. They're kind of funny names. <laughs> Helen. Um, Helen and Barry. All yeah. my peers. <laughs> Helen and Barry. Helen and Barry. Um, So they're all in the back. Uh, They're in the balcony screaming, rooting for her. Um, And Julie is amazed at how Helen is so comfortable and looks so great on stage. She's just like so impressed with her friend. You can tell that Julie is kind of like the nice girl. Um, she's she bound- has brown hair. She has brown hair. Right, right, exactly. Right. So exactly. She's, just, she's nice and shy. She's the nice one. Um, but she's all bouncy and happy. And then um, Freddie Prince Jr. and Ryan Felipe. So Ryan Felipe is her. Is it Philippi? You can- oh, is it Philippi? I say Felipe. I don't know. But is it? Is it Reese Witherspoon's ex-husband? Is that the same mm-hmm. guy? Was he? Is he bad? Is he a bad man? According to he's Dumois, a bad is he a bad man? <laughs> <laughs> I think he is a really. Bad I think he's man. just he's bad, like right? a, pl- a player. Uh, oh, he's a player. He's a player, <laughs> and Nothing apparently cute. just like hooks up with twenty-year-olds, different twenty-year-olds every night. And apparently oh, yeah. his, do- his like children won't speak to him because they are like grossed right. out by his behavior. Because now he's f- 40. More than that? At least, yeah. Fifth. He's probably in I his 40s know. would be my guess. All right. Yeah, I-, I think he's also been accused of like domestic Abuse, violence right? and stuff. Didn't, it was some- yeah. With Reese, I think. Wasn't there something? Oh, um, I don't know. And maybe Abby Cornish. That's who he was married to yes. after. Yes. Yeah, I think there's been some stuff with that too. Which we can is maybe not good. cut all Ask this. I, just, say, I, I, I needed context. I'm sorry. I just needed a context in my own brain of like who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, that he's, guy, that guy. Uh-huh. He's not good. He's not good. Yeah, so, right, but you could great. just call them yeah. by those names if you want. Barry? No, by their real human know, it's really hard honestly i was really struggling with this throughout my notes i interchange them yeah and yeah it's hard I, to do especially when it's when like that people, famous you know. yeah yeah that when famous. it's these that famous. When that <laughs> why do i think it was philippi because i'm i think s- very stupid i've never heard it said i don't maybe. think i've heard it said either it could be either could be i could be i could be it should be philippe but what do i but I, what what am I saying? Can we should we just continue? Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Let's keep going. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. So, um, Barry Ryan Felipe, pronounce <laughs> his fucking name, is dating Sarah Michelle Gellar. Helen. So Barry and Helen are together, and Julie and Ray are together. Um, and so. Barry and Ray are then also making some casual, like sexist comments about Helen, talking about the size of her breasts, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Julie is like, guys, stop it. Ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> and then the, it's the portion of the contest where the guy on stage asks, uh, he, 
he, you know, our, it's the Q&A portion. And he asks Helen, in the spirit of Mother Teresa, what will you do to give back to the world? And she takes the mic and she's so confident and completely commands the stage. And she says, at the end, at summer's end, I'll pursue a career as a serious actress. <sighs> Through art, I shall serve my country. <laughs> And the crowd goes wild. They fucking love it. it. They eat it up. Mm -hmm. And you guessed it. She wins Croker Queen. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. Um, So then afterwards. favorite prize. mm -hmm, She loves the Croker Queen Festival. Um, Afterwards, there's an after party. Julie and Helen are walking through the crowd. They're chatting. We find out that Julie's planning on becoming a lawyer. Um, and she will be moving to Boston after summer is over. Um, Helen and her sister run into each other. Um, so Helen's older sister looks only like a few years older than her. Um, and they clearly don't like each other. Her sister says something really like, she's just kind of like an asshole to her. Uh, they have a tense exchange where she asks if she wants a ride home. Helen is like, no. And her sister's basically like, oh, it's Croker Queen getting sauced again tonight. Um, they're just not friends at all. Okay. Um, Max, who is a kind of dorky waiter, he brings Julie a shot on the house. And um, when he gives it to her, he asks her out and she's clearly not into it and does not want to get involved. Are and they in she, high school? They're about they're to go sen- to college. They're about to go to college. They're seniors okay. in high school. Wait, but yeah, 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 are yeah. Julie and Ray dating? Yeah. So Julie and Ray are dating. So who's this Max guy? Max Who is just. Max, I think he is. <laughs> Max. Max is just some Sh- other he's guy. Shooting a shot. He's just trying. Who's, sh- who's trying to get in there? Okay. He's shorter, dorkier. Like oh, he's shorter? No, shorter, dorkier. <laughs> sorry, is that I'm weird sorry, to you, say? Have you seen the height of my boyfriend, sir? Because um, you're slush, so. Oh, that's yeah. No, not that that means no, anything. He, he's no, just, he's being presented in the film as the less lesser option. Yes, exactly, one hundred percent. Options, Freddie Prince, baby. We get it. We get it. Yeah, of course. Um, but the thing that's weird about it is that she also doesn't say like I'm dating Ray. She says uh, no. She just says like awkwardly says no and like doesn't really know what to do. So I think she's kind of just hooking up with Ray. You know what okay. I mean? They're not like exclusive necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but he keeps pushing it until Barry gets in between them. Barry is clearly very drunk, having a great time already, just shoves his way in between them. It's very crowded. Um, and he is like, wants to do a cheers to being young. Um, and he pushes Max and then Max gets pissed off and pushes back and then they get into a fight. Until Freddie Prince breaks it up and Max looks pissed and they're all kind of mean to him and like say mean things about him. And clearly they're not friends with Max. They don't like Max. Max looks hurt and pissed and walks off into the corner. I'm getting some feelings um, about what Max might do for the payback. I wonder if Max, I wonder if Max would get revenge. I wonder. Um, so... 
They all drive drunkenly to the beach. They are, they sit around on the beach with a bonfire. They tell scary stories. None of them are agreeing on how one of the ghost stories goes. Um, Ray is telling them that, uh, they're, the way that like this one ghost story ends is that, um, a boy and a girl are making out in a car and then a lunatic killer that's escaped from the asylum has a hook for a hand and they hear like a scratch, scratch, scratch on the car. And then they're all arguing and they're like, that's not how it is. It's the drip, drip, drip and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, you guys are all wrong. Um, and Julie is like, basically like cut the shit. You guys, it's just a myth to warn young women about the dangers of premarital sex and um, Ray goes, um, actually, honey, and you know how terrified I am of your IQ, but it's just an urban legend. And he gets very serious. And it's weird because he like diminishes her intelligence. They keep like ragging on Julie for being the smart one. And it's uncomfortable. It's also just like accepted throughout the film okay. that they're all going to make fun of her for being like the smart girl. OK, um, I think she'll have the last laugh. Anyway, but but okay. yeah, so. Um, so then they just cut to them. They've broken off and they've coupled off. Um, Helen and Barry are making out. She's mapping out their future while they're making out. She says that she's going to become a soap star. He'll be a football, a football player. They'll have three kids. And then she goes, then she casually also says, and then you'll go to rehab and then we'll live happily ever after. So it's pretty clear that Barry, Ryan Fleet Bay, is an alcoholic. Like everyone is well aware of the fact that he has a drinking problem. It seems to be out in the open. Cut to Ray and Julie, who are having the, the vibe is very different over there. It's very the the music changes. It becomes very moody. Um, they're having a really sad conversation mm. about how things are ending and how they're going to really miss each other. She's going to Boston and he's going to New York. And then they kind of like look at each other and then agree that, yeah, now's the time and they are going to have sex. So, yeah, so they have they start having sex and the camera pans away with this moody music playing and you just see like the waves crashing in the distance. Mm. So everyone has had a good night. They're all walking back to their car. Honestly, I doubt it. A first time on the beach. (laughs) They didn't have a great time. <laughs> no, I always think that too. Anytime anyone's about to have sex on a beach, I'm like, that looks horrible. Awful. Also, like, no blanket. You're like on a rock. Oh my god. <laughs> oh no, it's no, terrible. no, no. Terrible. No. Not interested. No. But Ray and Julie look very happy and in love as they walk back to the car. Um, same with Helen and Barry, except Barry is like wasted and Helen is insisting that, um, he can't drive, um, that she, she's trying to get him to give her her key, his keys. He keeps being like, no one drives my car, but me, like no one drives my car, but me. He's very alpha male. Um, and finally they wrestle the keys from him and they agree that Ray will drive. So Ray gets in the driver's seat um, with Helen next to him or with Julie next to him. And then Helen and Barry are in the back seat. Um, They're all driving home. Barry continues to be extremely annoying in the back seat, um, making lots of noise, like 
ramming the seat, screaming oh, like at Ray. Just that like a tantrum. Yeah. Throwing a tantrum, being like, no one drives the, my car but me, like, blah, 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 And they're like, dude, like, calm the fuck down. All of them are clearly, like, so over Barry. They're just like, fuck you, Barry, you're so annoying. <laughs> um, Barry then opens the sunroof, gets up, stands up out of the sunroof, starts screaming, like, going around, blah, blah, blah. He's drinking a huge bottle of liquor, um some kind of scotch while he's screaming. Barry's out of control. Barry's out of control. The They're driving down this very windy street, the one that they shot in California that clearly does not exist in North Carolina. It's like on the coast. It's very <laughs> yeah. clearly It looks extremely California. Yeah, very California. Um, they're driving along the street and he, dro- right, he drops the bottle of liquor and as Ray goes to like pick it up, he Uh-oh. hits someone. Some something. Some black thing comes into the uh yeah, hits the windshield. They all scream. Um, they stop the car, they get out. Uh Barry is covered in blood. That is he like pressed to like goes to his face and they're like oh my god are you okay and he's like it's not mine it's not my blood um they keep saying like oh it must be a deer it was a deer it must be a deer so they get out they like have flashlights they look around julie finds a boot they all start screaming (laughs) (laughs) you know it must be a deer's boot oh it's okay it's just gotta be a deer it's gotta be a deer (laughs) Yeah, it's probably a the boot, a tiny little boot for a deer. <laughs> a little hook it's boot. A, it's the cutest little boot you've ever seen. Uh, um, <laughs> Wait, and... Emily, let me tell you that today. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I was looking for presents for your baby show. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, no. I can't wait to hear this. Newborn hoof booties. <laughs> <laughs> And let me tell you, there are none. There are none. If you can can believe it, I wanted hoof shoes for for yourself. Oh my god. A little newborn, like a little wormy newborn with just a little hooks on his feet. Wait, and mittens. If you could get if you could get little ones with mittens too. That would be great. We're gonna have to make make them. There must be some there must be someone on Etsy who can do this. You've got to be able to custom order. Or newborn it's hopes. shocking that they don't already exist. <laughs> I'm shocked. Um, okay, that's, thank you so much for being such a good friend and always having that's my really back and, and wanting the best for my children. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> only the best okay. hooves. Only the best hooves for my kids. Um, <laughs> all right. So they quickly look around a little more they very quickly discover there is a bloody man on the side of the street Uh they scream some more they seem to think he's dead uh ray gets down and checks his pulse he doesn't feel anything he thinks he's dead the girls are like we need to call the police we need to call the police um the boys are like no let's think about this for a second like this is manslaughter we could get in huge trouble um yeah barry Barry is like, Barry, Barry is like, I'm wasted. Uh, I I can't go to the police right now. 
And they'll be like, we'll just tell them Ray was driving. He wasn't drunk at all. And they're like, they'll never believe him. Only I drive my car. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's my identity. <laughs> so they're, they argue about it back and forth for a while. Um, they're like, think about our future. Like, Julie, think about your future. Do you really want this? You're about to go off and become like a big fancy lawyer. Do you really want this on your, you know, record? They make the decision we all know that they're going to make, which is to hide the body. Leave them. Fuck it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, um... Nothing bad will happen. They, <laughs> nothing nothing bad will happen. This is a surefire way to fix Honestly, this problem. Honestly, why go to the cops and deal with it when you can just walk away and never have any... <laughs> never talk about it again. So, um... There's also a comment where uh, Ray says something like, I don't have the family money to, like, get myself out of this like you do, Julie. Like, I would, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, So Julie's the one who's the most conflicted, for sure. She's, like, tortured over this. Uh, Right as they decide that they're going to dump the body, a car starts driving towards them. And they are like, oh, no, a car, a car, like, quick, quick. And then they pick up the body and so ostentatiously carry the body across the road, like, in the headlights of the oncoming car. <laughs> um, and it's just quick, so quick, extremely quick, so conspicuous. <laughs> quick, 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 right so in their line of vision. <laughs> Make sure we're lit. Make sure we're lit. Quick, 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 quick. <laughs> Um, but they bring the body over to like the other side, um, to hide it. They saw us. Oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, the car is a truck. It comes, it slows down and who's driving? It's Max. Mm. Max is driving. Shocked. Um, they're like, Julie, go distract him. He like, likes you. And so show him your tits. Yeah, basically. So Julie has to go up and talk to him and be like, everything's fine. Like, we're good. Like, what's up, Max? And Max is like, you guys are so suspicious right now. (laughs) What's going on? Um, Barry pretends to be throwing up by the body to like cover up what they're doing. Um, so they... Max is kind of just like, all right, you guys are fucking weird, but whatever, and then drives off. So then they take the body. They're not going to dump it there. They take the body to a dock where a fishing dock where they plan to dump him. Um, Julie's like, should we check his wallet? See who he is? Barry's like, no, stop holding us up. Let's just fucking do this. Um, They go to push him off the dock. Uh, the body, as they go to push him off the dock, lurches up. <gasps> He's alive. The person is alive. He grabs Helen's crown, which I guess she's been wearing this whole time because she's the croaker queen. <laughs> <She's a> croaker. <laughs> as is her right as croaker yeah. queen. Yeah. She didn't take it off the whole goddamn mm-hmm. night. Um, he grabs Helen's crown and falls into the water. And then Barry immediately dives in after him. Um, to get the crown. So he like, yeah, that's why not to save him to get the crown. Um, so he struggles with this man underwater, um, over the crown until he gets it, he grabs it. And then the man like opens his eyes and it's a big jump scare. He freaks out. He gets out of the water. He has the crown. I don't know. They're all freaking out and they just leave. 
they just like decide to leave. Do they think that the man is now dead or alive? They think that he'll die like in the water that now. He's drowning. Drowned. <laughs> yeah. So now they've left him to die. Yes. Now they've committed a murder at this at this point. Right. Basically. That's um, tough. That's yeah, that's that's worse. That's worse. Yeah, it's, it's worse. I would call this worse. worse. Yeah. It's definitely worse. Julie is not okay with this. She is very tortured about this choice. She is freaking out, but Everyone else is like, it's too late. Like, we just we're have to. We're in too deep. Except we're it's in too deep. like super not. <laughs> it's so not. Like, they <laughs> could have saved this man. Clearly, they decide not to. Um, instead, they agree to never speak about it again. And they make a pact that they will take it to the grave. Mm. Julie won't agree to the pact until Barry strangles her. Mm. He pushes her up against the car, like strangles her and says makes her say it that she'll keep it the secret until it's she really dies. funny to think that like her saying it make we'll it make a difference makes it true. <laughs> well it's a pact so <laughs> you can't go back on a pact um yeah Especially so like taken under extreme say, duress someone's strangling me i'm gonna agree to that pact yeah you better um so she starts crying but she agrees as they drive away they zoom in on the same charm that the man in the beginning was holding. That's all. That's like lying on in the it's on like near the dock. Okay. Okay. Where they just were. Interesting. Then cut to image of a college campus. We get one year later. Okay. Across the screen. Um, we're on a college campus. We're with Julie. She is in her room. Her She's working, typing away in her big old 1997 laptop. Mm. Um, her roommate comes in and is like, Julie, come on. It's time to go. We like you've waited as long as possible. Like, I need to bring you home. Julie turns around. She is struggling. You know, she had those bouncy curls in the beginning. Yep. She was so happy mm. and bouncy. Yep. Now yeah. her hair is so straight. It's and lifeless. Yeah. <laughs> she's does not look happy. She's very pale. There's a lot of comments made about how pale she is. Mm. Um, her roommate keeps talking about how it's like time for her to go to go home for the summer and like brighten up and get rid of, of that pale pallor. Um, a, a foolproof cure for depression. Just go at home and go outside. <laughs> go outside. <laughs> Uh, like, Go what home is wrong to the place you? that you've committed the murder. Just <laughs> yeah. Go tan, okay, you pale little Go lady. Go tan your problems away. Um, so she goes home. Her roommate drops her, drives her home. She drops her off. Um, she's having dinner with her mom. She's not really eating. She's clearly very depressed. And um, her mom is just says, "Are you on drugs?" And Julie is like. How dare you? No. Um, and her mom was like, I just needed to say something to get any kind of a reaction out of you. Like, what's wrong with you? You no, don't look mom, okay. No, I did a murder. How dare you think it's drugs? It was a murder. I don't do drugs. I murder people. Get it straight. Um, she's also clearly not doing well in school. Like her report card came home, which I guess that still happens in college. I forgot no. that you I mean, still get report cards. Not to your, you pa- not to your parents. <laughs> yeah. But I guess actually though, like by the time I was in college, my grades always were posted in an online portal. So maybe they did mail them. 
Yeah, that's How true. How else would yeah. you get them? For the summer, at least, you know? Yeah, I guess All so. Right. Well, she's gotten her grades and she's not doing well, like so badly that her scholarship might actually be taken away. Oh, remember um, checking those online portals for your grades and being like, oh, no, they're not posted yet. Oh, oh the grades are up. <laughs> Not really. Remember being in school? I like honestly like don't, <laughs> I don't remember, remember that at all. Oh man, I do. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember school. Um, <laughs> I don't remember school. Uh, her mom's like, you don't call, you don't visit, and then she's like, oh, by the way, someone gave you this, dropped off this note for you. Um, it just says her name, Julie James, on the front. She opens it up. There's no postmark. There's no return address, and it says, "You guessed it." I know you did last dun, summer. Dun dun dun. Um, Julie freaks out and is like, "Who gave? Who sent you this letter?" Blah blah blah. And her mom's like, "I don't fucking know." What does the letter say? And Julie's like, "Nothing." And then runs upstairs. <laughs> um. So then Julie, in a very cool, fun set of baggy overalls and her fun necklaces, goes to Helen's family store in town to find Helen. Um, she goes into the store. It's kind of this like they're se- they sell lots of different things. They sell clothes. They sell like perfume. I don't know. It's one of those kind of general stores that used to exist. Sure. It mm-hmm. really feels like something from olden times. Olden times. Um, 1997. <laughs> olden times. <laughs> olden times. <laughs> it feels the days of yore. It feels very like um uh uh oh my god, what's it called? The game that you would play when Sims? you're crossing no the wagon. Oh Oregon Trail. Co- Oregon Trail? It feels very Oregon Trail to me. I feel like there are gonna be like bags of seed and flour mm, somewhere in the okay. store. Um, anywho, she goes in to talk to her sister to be like, hey, do you know Helen's New York number? I need to get in touch with her about something. And her sister is like, oh, Helen's New York number. Like, try the perfume section 10 feet that way. Helen is working in this store. Um, she did not. Failed end up staying in. Yes. So. Julie is like shocked and goes over and is like, Helen, oh my God, um, what happened to New York? And Helen is like, I went, it didn't work out. I came home. I gave it a thorough try. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm back. So <laughs> Julie shows her the note. Clearly they also, they like have not spoken since last year. Um, Julie shows her the note the whole time. Helen's sister in the, is in the background looking very suspicious. Like, trying to listen to their conversation looking like very like stressed um helen is obviously shocked to see the note and she's like we have to go see barry so they go to a house where i guess barry's living i guess it's his parents house i don't know it's a really nice house i'm not really sure what the deal is with this house but barry's there wearing a wife beater which i can't believe is the name of that shirt but it's that's what he's wearing um and he's drinking and he's still such an asshole um him and helen have clearly broken up he tells them that they like look terrible he's like you guys should look in a mirror once in a while like you guys don't look so good um well her hair is he's just flat he's right about her hair she is right (laughs) about her hair (laughs) when you're right you're right and um 
basically they're like, what, what do we think happened? And Barry's like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, whatever. We need to forget about it. We agreed we'd never talk about it again. Um, and Julie is like, but what about this note? What could it mean? Um, she, and she tells them that the person who, um, they killed was David Egan. He was found three weeks after, uh, they dumped the body. The police called it an accidental drowning. There was an article about it in the paper. Barry thinks that it's Max. He's like, it was obviously Max. Uh, who's fucking with us now, who's, who's sending us this, these messages. He's just being an asshole. He's the only one who would, who would know, um, like we need to go confront him. So, um, they drive to the fishing docks where Max is working. Um, and he goes and confronts him. He like strangles him. He pushes Max up against some the wall. There's a fish hook nearby. He takes the fish hook and he like threatens him with the fish hook. And he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. If you say anything about what happened, Max is like, I don't know what you're talking about. What you're crazy. I have no idea what's going on. What are you doing? And then Barry slices his face with the fish oh hook and Holy shit. pushes him on the ground. Yeah. Um, and Max is still like, what? I don't know. Okay. Like what? You're crazy. I have no idea what, what this is. Um, while they are down by the docks, they run into Ray, Ray, who never made it to New York either. He has become a fisherman. <laughs> um, I don't know why that's really funny to me. <laughs> Seeing your friend who's gonna be like, "Oh, you're a fisherman now." <laughs> They're all fishermen now. Honestly, being um, a fisherman sounds kind of cool. It sounds yeah. great. He, I think he's doing the best of all of yeah. them. Honestly. Um. So yeah, Julie tells him about the letter. She shows him the letter, and he's like, "It's probably Max. I'm sure he's just screwing around." Like. Let's let's not worry about this. Let's not make it into a bigger deal than it needs to be. Um, then he says he's been thinking about her a ton since last summer. And he knows that she blames him for what happens. And she's like, I don't blame you. I take responsibility for my own actions. And then she's like, but I don't want to know you either. And then she runs off oh. away. She literally turns around and <laughs> runs away. Um, then we cut to Max, who is back working in the fish place, is what I call it. Fish place. What mm -hmm. do you call that? Fishery? Fishery. Fish place? Fishery? Fishery. Um, he's inside. He's moving some buckets around. It's very <laughs> steamy in there. Mm, steamy fish. Um, Ew, super steamy, steamy fish buckets. Ew. <laughs> it's, it's hard to see what's going on. on. Cut face. Fish steam. <laughs> Yuck. Um, and while he's working away, all of a sudden, a figure in a black cloak appears out of nowhere with a fish hook and just hooks him in the throat. Ay-yay. And drags him across, <laughs> drags him across the buckets. And, uh... And he's done okay, so bad. So, so Max okay, so has not, just been not Max. <laughs> not Max. Interesting. Okay. Max was a red herring. Not Max. Definitely not, not Max. Max. Yeah. Um. So that happens. Then we cut to Barry, who's at a gym. He's working out. He's punching some things. He's very sweaty. He's getting his swole on. 
Um, noise. He here. Noise. Noise. <laughs> noise. Noise. Um, somehow he's in this gym, like completely alone too. There's no one else there. Um, he goes into the locker room. He starts, you know, changing to take a shower. He hears a weird noise. He's like, hello. And no, no one says anything. So he gets in the shower, Mm. he's showering Mm. again. No one in this gym, no one in the locker room, no one in the showers. He's completely empty. Also, like all the lights are basically off, too. So (laughs) you you get it. Um, He sees a mysterious shadow that freaks him out. He yells hello again. Um, Nothing there. He doesn't know what's going on. When he gets out of the shower, he goes back to his locker and there's a Polaroid of his car parked out front with a note that says, I know. So he's like, holy shit. And starts to freak out a little bit and starts like running around the locker room looking for the person is like, where the fuck are you? Like, what the fuck? He, he comes back to his locker and by the time he gets back to his locker, his locker is open and his jacket, his favorite jacket, no. is gone. No. I know. It's um, one thing to call me out for a murder, but to take my favorite jacket? It's his favorite jacket. It's his favorite jacket. So he... Um, I mean, what he, he did for, he that, for that crown. What's he going to do for this jacket? <laughs> oh my God, know, you're so right. Really tough. Um, so he... He goes outside to look for, to see if, like, what's going on. When he gets outside, uh, his car turns on, um, and the lights turn on, and someone starts driving it. Nobody drives uh, that car. Away from but the him. gym. Yeah, but no one drives the car but him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so he chases after the car because he's like, no one drives it but me. <laughs> That's how he knows um, that it's not him driving. <laughs> Wait a minute, but I'm outside out here. <laughs> Who who's inside? Um so anyway, so he starts chasing the car. Uh then the car turns around, revs the engine, mm. the car starts chasing him. Mm. Um he's like, oh fuck, fuck, fuck. Starts running fuck, away fuck. from the car. The car the car just keeps going after him. Uh, eventually it pins him up against a shack and then just like somehow drives him through the shack, like pushes him through the shack. He is on the ground. He's still alive. He um, is looking a little worse for wear, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) And a man in or some large human in a dark rain (laughs) coat. (laughs) <laughs> and, and could be anyone but it's with this large and in a coat probably a man i'm guessing a man could be a deer could, could be a deer <laughs> this movie would be so much better if it was a deer this whole time a deer in a cloak cloak and boots um in the cutest little boots you've ever seen um <laughs> Anyway, so a man in uh, the rain slicker and a scary mask hat combo uh, stands over him menacingly. Yeah, with a hook. And then it cuts away. And I really thought I was like, oh, wow, I guess that he was murdered and they didn't show it. I really thought that. Uh, But then you immediately cut to a hospital and no, he's alive and well. He just has some scratches he was his life was spared. He was not killed. Um, 
So we're in the hospital. Uh, the whole crew has come to visit him. Uh, they're obviously freaked out. They're like, what the hell happened? And he's still like, it's not a big deal. Um, and he tries to say that Ray has a similar coat and it was, must've been Ray who wanted him dead. So he's trying to blame it on Freddie Prince Jr., which like doesn't make any sense. Um, and he's like, no, it wasn't me, dude. Um, they try to convince the three of them, Ray, Julie, and Helen are like, we have to go to the police. Barry's like, no, we're going to find out we murdered him. Like, no, we can't, we can't go to the police. Um, so they're like, okay, the only thing we can do is try to find the guy who did this, who tried to kill you. So let's try to figure out who that person is. Maybe we can just go talk to him. <laughs> Maybe we can talk some sense <laughs> into this guy. Maybe we try so, talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the plan. So Julie and Helen, now we get our research montage. Nice. Love it. Um, Julie and Helen go home. They bring out Julie's big old college laptop. I was going to say a 97 research montage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They do a little search for David Egan. Uh, they're reading through newspaper articles about him, and they find out that David Egan, um, two years before he di- or a year before he died, uh, he was in another car accident um, where a woman named Susie Willis died, and he survived, and he was the driver of the car. Um, they in the article they say that he was survived by his sister and his mom. So they look, Julie and Helen look up where the sister and the mom live. It's out in the country and they decide they must go visit the sister and the mom of David and Egan to find what out. What a great more. idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. While they're driving out into the country, Helen is like, do we have a plan? And Julie's like, no, let's just play it by ear. Sure. <laughs> let's just scope it For out. Sure Hel- play this by ear. <laughs> And Helen's like, I feel like we should have a plan of like, well, what we're, we're 19, say. we're stressed, we committed a murder, let's play it by ear. <laughs> yeah, so they don't make a plan, they decide to play it by ear. Um, and I gotta tell you, they are so suspicious during this entire experience. Um, they go up, they so, so they park outside, like down the driveway from this house, which is way out in the country. Um, they walk down the driveway they like knock on the door no one answers so they go around the side of the house they like start knocking on the window like being like hello hello is anyone in there then julie starts to like break into the house and then right when that happens Anne hesh turn comes oh, around the corner and yeah is that her Anne hesh is who that how knows? you say it i mean who knows honestly who knows, <laughs> who knows? Cares? And who cares? Um, her name is Missy Egan. She's David Egan's sister. Um, she, Julie and Helen are like super awkward and they've just been basically caught trying to break into the house. But they're like, oh, our car stalled and we just are hoping to use your phone to call AAA. And she's like, sure, okay, come in. Um, so she brings them into the house. There is a big old rain slicker in the house that they clock. And they're like, what's that? Um, we're getting like some Texas Chainsaw vibes, I'd say, for sure. Not fully yet, but like it's a little weird, mm-hmm. you know. 
Um, she makes them a cup of tea while they wait while uh, they wait for triple A. Um, they're extremely not chill during this entire experience. <laughs> um, they keep asking extremely conspicuous questions, including Sarah Michelle Geller is like, so like, who did David hang out with? Like, <laughs> and, I'm just um, making triple A waiting conversation. I, <laughs> tell me about your dead brother. What? Yeah. So your what? brother died. So who did he hang out with? <laughs> who were his friends? <laughs> um, and then Anne Heche doesn't find the question weird. Instead, she's like, she's like, I didn't know his friends that well, um, but there was one guy who came to pay his respects. He was really nice, cute and smart. We were sweet on each other for a while, but it didn't work out. I think it just hurt him to be around me. And they're all, they're like putting the pieces together and they're like, oh, my God, who is this guy? What's his name? And they're like, where's this old friend now? And then they ask, do you remember his name? Which is so funny because you just told him they were like in a relationship, basically. <laughs> they're like, do you remember what his name was? And it's like, yeah, she would. <laughs> um, so his name was Billy Blue. And when they find that out, I don't know, Julie starts to get overwhelmed. And she says like, I need to leave. I need to go wait in the car um, while for AAA to come. Like she just gets really weird and then runs out. The whole situation is very awkward and weird. Um, so then they cut to their Julie's crying in the car. Overwhelmed that they killed someone. Helen is like, it was an accident. You're giving us too much power. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't our fault. And Julie's like, yes, it was. And then there's a jump scare where the sister bangs on the window and screams, hey, you forgot your cigs, which they had cigarettes. I don't remember that at all before this. Um, and then she's like, it looks like you got your car going. And then Julie's like, yeah, we did. And they drive off. Um, they drive back to Julie's house and uh, Helen says to Julie, like, what happened to us? We used to be good friends. I miss you. Like, I want to be friends again. (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly what happened. (laughs) But, you know, Helen's just really not taking it as hard as Julie is. Um, But it did derail, I think, her plans to become a serious actress and serve the world through her art. So, to be fair, that's happened. Um, Julie doesn't say anything. Sarah Michelle Geller is pissed and gets out of the car and is like, whatever, fuck this. So she goes back home. Um, Helen goes back home. She walks inside. Her dad's drinking, watching baseball. Um, she goes into the kitchen to have a Diet Coke. Lots of beautiful imagery of this Diet Coke. Um, and then a person I think pretty conspicuously, but nonetheless, uh, the dad doesn't notice a person in a large rain slicker and a hat walks into the house. Um, the dad just continues to drink and watch baseball. Doesn't notice a goddamn thing. Sure. He walks up the stairs and um, goes into her bedroom. And then Sarah Michelle Geller comes out of the kitchen, walks up the stairs, goes into her bedroom. Um, but no one jumps out at her. She's in there. Okay. 
Uh, however, there's some shots of the closet. Mm-hmm. Feels like the guy's probably, probably in the closet. Probably. Um, her sister comes in and is so mean, so mean to her. Uh, again, for no reason. I think she's jealous. She was croaker queen, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Who can blame her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, she says to t- be at the store by 10 tomorrow because she has to do inventory. And Helen is like, I can't. I have to go to the parade. The, um, Kroger you know, Queen the, duties. La- the last year's winner of Kroger Queen has to be in the parade. It's part of the rules of the situation. There's nothing I can do about it. And my her sister is like, <laughs> my answer died. And her sister is like, you're pathetic. Like, I, you're so pathetic. Um, she's brushing her hair while this Helen is brushing her hair while this exchange happens. And she says like something about how you're so obsessed with your hair. Like, I don't know, whatever. So Sarah Michelle Geller is very sad. Her sister is so mean to her. She gets in bed, she turns off the light. She goes to sleep. She wakes up the next morning. Her croaker queen crown is on her head and her hair is all falling out and cut around the bed. She, yeah. Um, she is obviously very upset. And starts screaming really loudly. And on her mirror, it says soon in lipstick. Spooky. And she screams some more and smashes the mirror. Like you do. Take that. Yep. Mirror. Huge response. You got to smash the mirror. You got to smash the mirror if that happens. And now when we say her hair's cut and all around, the, what are we what are we talking about? Oh, it's it looks completely normal by the time she okay, like, great. brushes yeah. it out. Because later in it's the movie, like it's a, like it's like a cute bob. Oh, she she got a bob while she was sleeping. Yeah, it's a nice it's just trim. Like the hair was like left on her, kind of. Okay, but so you they were kind of I mean? nice. They just gave her sort of a fresh summer cut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really not something to be too worried about. <laughs> okay, great. Um, <laughs> the soon on the mirror, more so maybe, but the haircut's like all right. I mean, I guess I would be a little worried if someone come here in the middle of the night. No, don't, no, you wouldn't be. Um, not if it looked good. If it looked good, then thank you so much for the free haircut. <laughs> okay, so she calls Julie. Julie comes over. However, Julie, on her way over, she keeps hearing this weird rustling in her car. She's like, oh, no. what's that? She pulls over. She All the rustling is happening in her trunk. She opens the trunk. And this is like, I think, the grossest scene. It's a jump scare. And inside is Max. And he's dead. And there it's cover. Her trunk is covered in crabs and like shellfish Ooh. and fish. Ew. And there's a crab crawling out of Max's mouth. Ew. Um, it's very gross. It's very, very gross. She obviously she freaks out. She slams the trunk. She goes and gets um, Barry and Helen. Uh, and she brings them back to the trunk. She opens the trunk up. When she opens it again, it's all clean and fine. And there's no Max there. And there's no fish there. Find it extreme. This the killer is very impressive with his timing. I gotta uh, say. Yeah, I mean, and also, why take the time to fill a trunk with crabs when all you're gonna have to do is clean them out later? <laughs> I know. I know. So this is when we get the classic scene that was shot by a mysterious kid mm. where she says, what are you waiting for? She runs out into the street, she twirls around. I'd imagine they're waiting for the Croker Queen Festival. <laughs> mm. uh, who knows? Who knows? So they go to find Ray. Barry's still convinced that Ray did it. Uh, he punches him in the face. He accuses him of killing Max. 
Um, he says he's the person who must be terrorizing him. Ray says it can't be him because he also got a letter. Uh, but they're like, honestly, you got a letter. foolproof, foolproof alibi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't be me. I received mail. Everyone knows you can't write a letter to yourself. Mm-mm. Nobody drives this car but me. <laughs> um, so they decide to split up. Helen and Barry go to the parade to look for the guy because they're convinced he'll be at the parade. Uh, and then uh, Julie goes to see Missy to ask her about Billy Blue to see to bring her a yearbook of their high school to see if she can identify who Billy Blue was in the yearbook. Um, so at the parade, uh, Helen is, you know, on a float. She's the former croaker queen. Um, and then uh, Barry's sitting next to her. Croker I guess King. he got to be on the float, too. Um, they have a moment where they look at each other. They're in love again um and they're you know looking for the guy um and eventually helen sees first helen sees someone she thinks it's who it is who is the guy uh barry is freaks out gets off the float runs after him but it's a misdirect later she looks on the roof and she sees very creepy man in a raincoat holding a hook, looking at her menacingly. She seems to be the only one who can see this. Nonetheless, the guy is there. Okay. Meanwhile, Julie goes back to talk to Missy. This is when we get real strong Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes at this house. There's like dead animals everywhere all of a sudden. Mm. While she's talking to Missy, Missy is straight up just gutting a fish outside, like with a bunch of fish. Um, and... Julie's like, I need to find out more about your brother. And Missy's like, my brother killed himself that night. That's what happened. My brother killed himself. He was so distraught because everyone blamed him for the death of Susie Willis. Mm, the necklace. Yeah. The necklace. <laughs> yeah. And um, everyone was blaming him. He blamed himself. He was so deeply upset about it. Um, And... Julie's like, how do you know he killed himself? And she says he left a note. Um, and so she's like, okay, what, what's the note say? So she brings him the note. The note is in the same handwriting as the note that they got. Mm. And it says, I will never forget last summer. So Julie all of a sudden is like putting these pieces together. And she's like trying to figure it out. And she's saying like, I think that... I thought I think that we killed your brother. We hit him with our car. Oh, okay. Susie, here we go. He had a Susie tattoo on his arm. And Missy's like, my brother didn't have any tattoos. I don't know what the <gasps> fuck you're talking about. Like, get out of my house. Um, you're crazy. Get out of my house. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Uh -oh. um, and Julie's putting something together and she's basically like, what if we didn't kill David Egan? What yeah, if that's I think uh, not who yeah. this was? Seems that's <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. Seems like yeah. you sort of just assumed then. Yeah. And you assumed wrong. Yeah, and you, you assumed, assumed wrong. wrong. You made a, a huge thing to make an assumption about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's putting the pieces together. Mm. Meanwhile, we're back to the Croker Queen Festival. Helen's sitting on stage because I guess that's part of her duties as last year's queen. She just has to sit on stage throughout the 
performances. Um, it's the talent portion. It's honestly pretty funny. There's like a girl who looks like she's straight up 45 years old, but is supposed <laughs> to be like 18 um, in a bathing suit. No, singing. I can she's do a Croker Queen. Voice. I'm a teenager. I can be the Croker Queen. Hello, fellow Croker Queens. <laughs> Hi, teens. Also, me is one. And I've got a talent. And it's, and it's, a, it's you know, teen related. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very convincing. Um, so she's like rolling her eyes and is like, this is ridiculous. Um, up in the balcony where they were sitting last year is Barry. Uh, he's up in the balcony, like they're looking at each other, kind of laughing about this situation, you know, fun times. Um, and as she's sitting on stage, she sees someone come up behind Barry. She starts screaming. She runs into the audience. She interrupts this poor girl's beautiful rendition of whatever song she was singing. (laughs) Um, Then there's a scene like cutting back and forth between Barry being attacked, hooked and murdered. And while she is screaming and people are holding her back in the audience, like she's trying to get up into the balcony and people are holding her back, which is like, uh, what's that what you do, I guess? I don't know. It's very tense uh, back and forth. Very frustrating, honestly, is mostly how I felt watching this. Um, The police, a police officer is there and she's like. I saw someone up in the balcony. They murdered. They're murdering my boyfriend. Like, you have to go get Barry. You have to go get Barry. And everyone is not looking at the balcony, just looking at her being like, she's crazy. This crazy lady. Wow. Um, Let's not look up in the balcony. (laughs) Don't look in the balcony. Look at her. Um, And so the police officer is like, "Okay, sweetie, like, I'll go look in the balcony. And so they he goes up. They look. There's nothing there. Um, she's crying. She uh, is like, you guys have to believe me. You have to believe me. And there, no one believes her. Um, so the police officer's like, I'll bring you home. You've clearly had like a tough night. And so he drives her home in his police car. She's in the back. Um, the police officer is like literally just like making fun of her while she's crying um just belittling like everything she's saying it's extremely annoying um as they're driving home they see a truck pulled over on the side of the street the police officer is like oh i better help this man so he pulls Uh-oh. over and uh guess what the man has a rain a it's rain sneaker <laughs> yes <laughs> can you believe it so helen watches as he gets hooked murdered Right out there hook, on the street. Sinker. She hook line and sinker. She starts screaming. She's trapped in the back of the police car. There's right. a scene like this in Scream. Mm. Right? It's like the same idea, kind of. She's like trapped in the back of the police car trying to get out. Um there's right. and there's definitely a scene where she's trapped in a car in Scream. I can't remember a police car part. But well, maybe I mean, it's not a police car. There's a police officer, Dewey. Officer Dewey. <laughs> officer Dewey. Uh, officer Dewey. Um Officer Dewey, how can we forget? So she eventually she breaks open the window. She escapes the car. She runs through the town. She runs to the store, her store, her family store, store. and um, with the seed. She starts 
Yep. She starts banging on the window. Um, her sister, you know, of course, has been in there all day diligently doing inventory. Mm. Um, so, you know, she's screaming for her sister to come let her in. Her sister is taking her goddamn time, <laughs> like really not concerned about it. It's kind of like, oh, you're being so dramatic per usual. Um, she like saunters over to the door. She opens it. She runs in and is screaming. She's like, I'm being attacked. I'm being attacked. Like, you go lock the front, lock this door, lock the back door. Um, I'm going to call the police. And so her sister's still not believing her, still taking her goddamn time. Um, of course, while this happens, the man just goes around the back door and comes in to the mm. general store. Um, Helen goes up to call the police. As she does, hook man in the store mm. hooks her sister just kills her Dang. and then dra drags her around the store and that was pretty hooking gross her by the um, hooking her like in mm -hmm. the back or where where are we getting hooked like in the front <laughs> the like front. in the front and like the it stomach hooked, hooked in the front and like Ooh, the chest area through a freaking sternum yeah, it's pretty Ow. gross. I think this also really distressed me in third grade when I saw this sure. movie. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, I won't. I don't like that. Yeah, it's not good. Um, so all of a sudden, like the phone isn't working. Helen realizes that the man is probably in the building. She uh, starts walking around, being very quiet. Then she walks past the bathroom and she sees her sister is dead in the bathroom. Mm. Yep. She yep. screams. She runs to escape. Can I tell you that? She's for running. A moment, I suspected the sister. <laughs> Me too. I was about to say my second guess. Also wrong. Well, there are a lot of red herrings in this. I love they it. Do that on I mean, purpose, I, I, I read. I love it. Too. I read a lot of murder mysteries and I like murder mystery TV shows. And you'd think that I would get better at getting. But I literally fall for the red herrings every single time. <laughs> like, well, it's that's the fun of it, though. Obviously, this guy. Except, you know what? In mm -hmm. Mayor Easttown, I think I know who it is. <laughs> you do? We'll see. Ooh, I want to know. I want to know I what you think. Know. But that's another conversation. Uh, but yeah, I haven't even seen the show. I just liked, I like to know a mystery. Okay, so anyway, she runs around. She jumps out a window to escape. She's running through an alleyway, blah, blah, blah. Again, all this running and the fish, fish man hook guy, like, walks so slowly. Fish um, man hook guy. Fish man hook guy, nonetheless, catches up to her. There's parade going on, fireworks going off. That's another like slasher he, trope, though. The slow walk. They move slow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's definitely. Myers, definitely. Uh, attribute. I was gonna say, is it Michael Myers? Maybe. Could be. Um. So, she's ultimately caught in this alleyway. Fishman hook guy hooks her. Oh, kills her. Damn. She Get she Helen? dies. Good. Yep, Helen. So now Helen and Barry are both Dunzo Bunzo. They both I died. don't think a hook would... Be, I mean, I know a hook is not my weapon of choice, but mm -mm. I just don't I just don't like it in general because then your person that you're trying to kill is also, like, stuck, stuck to you. Yeah, how do you get the hook and out? And Same way you got it in. <laughs> it also just seems like it takes a lot more force than my weapon of choice a fire poker yeah and like angle like a specific angle mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. it's a tricky weapon Ugh. tricky weapon props Ugh. to this killer unless you're a fisherman <laughs> yeah unless you're a fisherman yeah he knows how to handle That's a hook true. this guy 
or deer. We don't know. Uh, I'm sorry. Right, sorry. Right, right. <laughs> deer. <laughs> um, I, for some reason, every I'm now I'm imagining like BoJack Horseman well, dressed up and doing the murders. A, a um, hoofed creature on uh, a hoofed <laughs> creature. Exactly. Um, okay, so meanwhile, we cut to Julie. She's looking for Helen and Ray. She can't find them. She gets to Ray's boat to tell him what she's discovered. She tells him, like, uh, Ben Willis was the father of Susie. She thinks that Ben Willis killed David Egan um, and that the man they ran over was Ben Willis. And he survived and is terrorizing them now. So that's what she has figured out. Um, As she tells him this, she realizes that his boat is named Billy Blue. And so she freaks out. That confuses her. She freaks out. She's like, what the fuck? She starts running away and he chases after her. A man hits Ray, stopping him and tells Julie to get on his boat to like protect her or whatever. Julie I, listens. You never I'm get like, on anybody's boat to protect. No, 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 no. You never get on anybody's boat. No, no. It reminds me of of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Have you guys seen that um, episode? The Dennis. Uh, I think it's the Dennis System episode, but they literally get a boat and it's like the most disgusting boat. But Dennis is like, we got to bring girls onto this boat. Because then they won't be able to leave the boat. They'll like have to be with us. And Charlie Day is like, Dennis, we're not going to do anything to these women, right? Like, he's like, no, no, no. Oh, God, no, of course not. But the implication. (laughs) It's such a funny episode. So I'm wary of going on boats with dudes because of. Yeah, yeah, don't go on a boat with dudes. Lots of reasons. No, thank you. Lots of reasons, but that'd be one of them. It's definitely one of them. Um, So, but she does. In this situation, she has not uh, heard of any of warnings. She probably hasn't seen um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Probably not. Exactly. So she gets on the boat and immediately, um, (laughs) immediately uncovers one of those creepy rooms where it's just pictures of everyone you know and newspaper articles and like clippings and one of those rooms rooms. one of those rooms the thing that's funny about it though is that they clearly put this set together super last minute because all the photos are just stills like from the movie (laughs) (laughs) so it's literally just like them you know like two like a day ago that's really funny um Mm -hmm. that are taped up on the on the wall and that seemed like a funny shot anyway um (laughs) So she is like, oh, no, what have I done? Where am I? Oh, no, whose boat have I gotten onto? <laughs> this boat is not a safe boat. There are pictures of me. Um, <laughs> so uh, the creepy guy comes in. He attacks her. She uh, tries to get away. He starts the boat and drives them out into the water. Mm-hmm. While she hides in the hull of the boat. Um, meanwhile, Ray. But uh, he com- knows she's on the boat, right? Who? The fisherman? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he yeah, brought yeah. her onto the boat. No, he drives the he drives he drives the boat like out into the water, I think, oh. to like keep her from like getting off. Oh, on, oh but she's but she's dock. trying to hide just so he doesn't know where on the boat. 
she yes. is. I see. I she see, just I see. knows okay. to be afraid of him yes. now, and he's try- he's right. trying to snatch her. He's trying to take her. See, see, he's snatching her. He's snatching her. He's, her. <laughs> he's trying to snatch her. Um, meanwhile, Ray comes to save the day in his tiny little speedboat, um, and he drives up in his speedboat and gets off, gets onto the bigger boat, goes to attack the fisherman guy. Uh, they fight. Uh, and then Ray gets pushed off the side of the boat. Mm. Julie is in the hull of the boat. She's trying to escape. Uh, there's lots of shots of her just moving stuff around, you just know, whatever, arm boats, like barrels. Yeah, there's some doors. Eventually, she there is a door that leads her into a room that's filled with ice. Um, she gets on to, into that room. Mm. Meanwhile, like Ray room gets... In its own right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, Ray somehow gets back on the boat after being pushed off the boat. Magically, he's completely dry, you guys, by the way. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Yes, he has gotten completely in the water. We saw him in the water, but he is dry okay. now. Okay. So, um, that's just they an should have brought this freaking kid uh, back. He was a better director than... Yeah, give us more crane shots. (laughs) More crane shots. This kid shot this kid would have come in and been like the continuity here's all over the place. I'm pretty sure that if a man falls in the ocean, he would be wet right afterwards. Um so anyway, so Julie's back in this room filled with ice. Uh while she's in the room, she sees some dead bodies that are hiding in the ice. She sees Helen, Ooh. Helen's dead body yeah. and her, her sister, Helen's sister's dead body. Yeah. And uh, she starts screaming. She's freaking Don't out. Don't scream. <laughs> I, yeah, well, too late. Um, the fisherman is like opening the door to get and is about to get Julie, is about to hit her um, with the hook. And then right as he's about to hit her, uh, Ray swings a huge rope thing right into him um making him collapse on the ground uh ray pulls julie out of the ice room uh the fisherman is now knocked unconscious on the boat um and they're like oh my god what are we gonna do and right then he wakes up he gets up he goes to attack them again but as he goes to pull the hook up to slice them his arm gets caught in some lines and he gets pulled straight up all the way up the mast and his hook hand gets sliced off and he falls into the ocean and the hook hand falls into the ocean yeah then we cut to police that are on the boat. They seem to have gotten the boat back to the dock. Everything seems to be better now. Yeah, everything's uh, better now. Things have calmed we, down. I think everything's yeah, better. Sounds like a happy ending. Everything's good. <laughs> it's everything's good. Ray and Julie are snuggling under a blanket. Mm. They are now. They seem to not be so upset about Helen and Barry's death. (laughs) Instead, they're mostly just relieved that they didn't murder anyone. And uh, they're relieved of their guilt. Um, And they're so happy to know that they're not murderers. Mm. Ray says that he loves her. And she says that she understands his pain. And then they hug. Um, The sheriff comes up to them and is like, why would this guy have wanted you dead? And they're like, we don't know. 
Um, and then they find the hand with the hook, but no body. Yep. Yep. Cut to college campus again. One year later, Julie is back to having those bouncy, happy curls. <laughs> oh. She is back to herself. She's so happy. Nothing works for hair like not being guilty of murder. Mm-hmm. Not so, so much more worried about being guilty of murder than like your former best friend and another well, they friend. Had, they had being... drifted apart. So they drifted apart yeah. to be clearly honest. Um, <laughs> we weren't that close anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's not concerned with that. So she's on the phone. She's having a great time. She's like, she's talking to Ray. She's talking about how she made uh, the Dean's list. Oh my God. Um, her grades are great. So her grades are back to normal. Um, and then she has mail. Her roommate brings mm-hmm. her mail. She looks at it. There's a note. It looks very similar mm-hmm. to the note from the beginning. She starts to freak out, but then it's a fake out. It's just a invitation to a pool party. Oh, so she's like, oh, I need oh, to calm oof. down. So she goes to take a shower. It's very <laughs> steamy in the shower. She cut, gets out of the shower and written on the mirror it says i still know and then someone breaks through the glass she screams and it cuts to credits wow end of the movie oh wow so there's i think there are two other ones so um yeah there's definitely they're setting us up sequels definitely sequels but yeah what a wild ride, right, wow. you guys? Wow. Did, did you love every second of it? It seems fun, honestly. It was really fun. And it's, it honestly wasn't, it's it. not that scary. It's really not scary. It definitely, I mean, the trailer. The trailer is <laughs> wild. Is the it? The trailer is like very more like teen vibe. Yeah. Even um, though the, it's like the, you know, I keep kept saying he hooked people, which is absolutely disgusting. And that is scary. But the thing is, is it's not actually that violent. Like you barely even see it happen. And there's very limited blood. Right. And it's all very quick. It and sounds like the it's not gratuitous. Part. Well, the, yeah, the I don't like his hand being sliced part. off. That part. That's I don't true. like that either. I have a feeling in the in the sequel, we're going to have sort of a Captain Hook situation. I believe that that hand is going to become a hook. Yeah, he's not giving up that hook. What kind of doctor will give you a hook instead of a prosthetic <laughs> hand? That makes me think Probably of um, <laughs> Buster Bluth. <laughs> <laughs> why does Buster Bluth get a hook? He I gets eaten by a seal. Of. No, but I know, but why does he get a hook instead <laughs> of his hand? Oh. Buster, man. A uh. loose seal. <laughs> I hated that. I hated, I hated that too. Hated Honestly, that. that was a, that was a part about Arrested Development that I really had a hard time with. But it also is so fucking funny. Um, and I also hated um, what's the guy? Uh, is it uh, Jean Parmesan who doesn't have a, an arm? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't like that uh, part of him either. But he also was really. Funny Oof, God, that show is. I know. Jessica Walter. Absolute genius. I know. It's so sad. She's so great. She's so, so great. Good. That show is so fucking funny. Oh my God. She was the best part. She really was. I know. I'm going to learn how to wink like her one day. That's my goal. It's, it's 
going to take some practice. She's a master. Uh, She's so good at it. Wait, have you guys seen there's like a, (laughs) this really made me laugh. There's like a tweet of, I guess, um, Nicole Kidman is playing Lucille Ball in like an upcoming movie. And someone like tweeted an onset photo, like, look at her. She like looks just like her. And (laughs) there's like so many people reacting to it in because Lucille Ball was so um, like her, her facial expressions are like the biggest part of her comedy. Mm -hmm. And Nicole Kidman has so much Botox. And so it's like, there's just no fucking way (laughs) Nicole Kidman was the right choice for this. Yeah. I can't imagine her moving her face in any any way other than the normal way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which there's so few actors that don't have that problem now. That's Um, true. Yeah, there were no actors they could choose. There is no one else. (laughs) Go with me, an unknown who can't afford all that plastic surgery. (laughs) Um, Except for Olivia Coleman, you guys have heard this. Have we talked about this about how she had such a hard time playing the queen because she's so used to like being very reactive in her face um, Mm, for for everything? And they were like, "You can't do that. The whole point is for you not to react." And so. And so it got so bad that what they actually did is they gave her an earpiece and they would play like podcasts into it and they would tell her to just focus on the podcast and not listen to what the person was saying that she was because she literally like couldn't help herself. Like she would just react to what the person was saying, even though she was trying so hard not to. Um, So the way that she does such a good performance is by not paying any attention to the scene. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Insane. Insane. She's a, I, I love her. She's incredible. But that is also I feel like at that point it's like, should we cast someone else? <laughs> I know. Um nope. No. And you know, correct. She's great. But She's that's great. interesting. Interesting. Wow, Henley, good All job, right. baby. It's Thank really you, hard to, it's really hard to do that. I am so impressed with you, Sammy, for doing that oh all my the God, time. Yeah, it's not it it's is, not easy. It is hard. And Emily for also doing it when Sammy can't do it. And damn. Damn. It's a lot. Well, you really you nailed it. And I Thanks. had a, I had a great time. I had a great personally. time. Thanks for your support, you guys. Mm-hmm. Love you so much. Love you. What voice do we do now? <sighs> there weren't really any funny voices in it. Bummer. We could just pretend like we're at Croker Queens. Oh my god. Yes. That's a great idea. This is our Croker Queen. Goodbye. Yeah, so. <laughs> Emily sat yeah, sat up straighter. Croker Queen doesn't slouch. Croker Queen doesn't Croker Queen slouch. slouch. <laughs> How does a beauty pageant star speak? From all of us here at Too Scary Didn't Watch. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Sammy, that was good. It was. A real Croker Queen. Real Croker Queen. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And if you have time, you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That helps other listeners find us, and we really appreciate it. Uh, You could also follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast. We are on Instagram and Twitter. Or you could join our Patreon at patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. We have a couple different tiers and members of Tony fucking Colette's Inner Circle get two bonus episodes a month. 
really, really exciting stuff, so be sure to check that out. And we will be back next week with a regular episode. We will talk to you then. Love you so much. Bye. Bye.